second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 128. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage, an undisclosed location known to nobody but myself and Ron. From the vast misty hills, rolling tides, lakes, streams, forests, lakes, rivers, oceans, tides, green hills, bunny rabbits, deer, moose, bear crow, and every fucking thing else in this beautiful state. Tonight in studio, we talk about the most important things you've ever heard about in your entire life. So sit down, be silent, listen up. But before we get to all that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the pocket pool champion from 86. Some as the wailing banshee from the West Wing. But his friends and family know him best. As the Megalodon Dumper of the North! Ron, what's going on? Ron, are you sad? No, I'm just not into it. What's wrong with you? Your spirits seem low. Buckley is trying his best. To get me in the mood tonight. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to tickle you into your fancy mode. Come on now, Ron. Yeah, just not into it. Smoke a couple more cigarettes, drink some <laughs> more of your coffee, look at some more big booties online. Get the juices flowing. Come on, oh, baby. Oh, I could, I could do that, Woo! I suppose. Why? Look at booties online? Sure, why not? I mean, you are the Instagram uh, booty pirate, basically. That's what I call you. Because you're always like sailing the high seas of Instagram and looking for some booty. I guess what it is, I've been so busy. This place has been a madhouse. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of time to look into anything in the last week. Last weekend, I worked around the house all weekend. Did you know? And, and I got to do the same thing this weekend. Well, I want to get my fall chores done early, so I'm not doing them when it's 90 below zero outside. So I'm just not, and I'm kind of tired, and I'm just not into it. Ron's being a Debbie Downer. As we like to call in the podcasting world. Wasn't that from Saturday Night Live? I have no idea. Yeah, that's where it's from. I don't think that's a podcasting term, but. Anyways, we got some, we got some, I mean, it's no shortage of shit to talk about, that's for sure. Well, did you have a fun weekend at least? Uh, no, you did housework. You were basically a slave to your wife. 
No. No, she was off doing her one of her little side projects, but I, I know I just had a bunch of stuff I wanted to get done. Ron? <laughs> you need to empty them trash cans. Move it alone, pal. And empty the, I don't know, the recycling. <laughs> we don't recycle in our town. Don't. Gee, what would Greta Thunberg think, Ron? I Come on. Give a shit what she thinks. Ron, recycling is saving the world one pizza box at a time. Okay. <laughs> Well, I did do a big dump run, and I had a lot of pizza boxes left over from Little G's birthday party. Oh, how did that go? Good. Did the lawn look nice? It did. <laughs> but you know what? You should see it now. Is it a shit show again? No, it needs to be mowed again. God. It's freaking insane. You know, I had to, the last time I did it, I had to weed whack the whole lawn, basically. <laughs> Besides, like, a couple sections. The whole front lawn, I had to weed whack it and then mow it. Yeah. Come on, Ron. We got to get this under control. That's your schedule. Maybe we, you know what I think we should really do is just rip everything up and replace it with sand. Boom. And then you could have like some beach vibes. Put a couple fake palm trees in. So when I first moved in there, we used to call it the front gravel because there was no lawn. Really? What was it, like a dirt pit? No, it was just all dirt. The whole front yard was dirt. You should have. What? Why'd you get a lawn? Because I wanted lawn. So what? So someone can mow it? Yep. <laughs> what you should have done, Ron, is put up a beach volleyball net. Oh, that would have been a good idea. And moved your party location just to the front. Yeah, no, but the, le- the leech field. The front lawn's the leech field. That's why it's so green. Is that where all the shit flows? Well, pretty much. That's what the leech field does. Nice. No wonder why it's so tall and stanky every time I go around those it's parts. It's not stanky. <clears throat> so uh, anything else new? No. Nothing? No. Ron, why are you being a grumpy? Flump, I don't know. I just a, a grumpy flump. Kid. I was just this afternoon. I was just sitting here, like, and you know what? I just I am so tired. I think I just want to go home and go to sleep. Ron, your whole vibe tonight has been like one of those depression. You know those antidepressant commercials where there's like it's a really somber cartoon guy like walking through life and everything sucks, or like you know a guy staring at his window and the colorings of the video is like way off and just like dismal. And but it, at the, eventually it gets better at the end of the video. Once they start popping the pills, right? They start doing the drugs. Everything is more vibrant. The guy in the cartoons having more fun. You're literally like, you're like the the beginning, and it just keeps going. But it, nothing changes right now. That's your vibe, Ron. Well, number one, I'm not a pill popper. You know that. So we need to get you some pills. Is what you're saying? No, no. Okay. No, you know what it is. I think I'm just so bored with life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I am not happy that we had a shit summer because, you know, I live for summer. Right. And I didn't get to spend as much time having fun as I normally would. Mm. It's been super, super busy. Of course, you know, doing the whole work grind seems like 24-7. And just the whole frustration of things in the shop, you know, getting parts and then the parts are junk and then... They, my suppliers had to do, had to warranty three jobs just this week from, you know, jobs we did six months ago or four months ago or whatever, because the parts come with a, you know, a minimum of a year warranty. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's just, I just all said, I just don't care about anything. I'm in that. I don't give a, you know what? Give a fuck. You want to burn everything down to the ground. Well, and sit on a pile of corpses in a golden throne made out of skeletons. Well, you know what? And then when you and I try not to watch too much news, but you can't help it. 
you see old Queermo, I mean Cuomo. You know, we got on. we got all this stuff going on and they're talking about a government shutdown and and the de- Democrats are blaming it on the far right extremist right. Republicans. Shut it down. Shut the government down. That's what I'm saying. Let the anarchists and the the bull the the buffalo wearing skin guys take over. You know what? We need to shake things up a little bit. It needs to be shut down. <laughs> and they're blaming it on a handful of MAGA ex, mag, extreme MAGA Republicans mm. who all they're saying is we don't want funding for Ukraine to be in this deal. Right. Wait, what deal? The budget that they're going to oh, pass. Oh, the budget. So, or whatever it is that they're working on. Mm. And... I don't fucking blame them. We are done. The American taxpayer is fucking done. Is Hawahu in that whole budget thing? No, you can bet there isn't <laughs> anything going there. Right. Well, yeah, that's problematic. You know, they, they keep bringing up something that I think 100% what they should do. Uh, like a one, I forget the term they use for it, but if we have a bill, there's going to be one thing on this bill. Not this bill, and then it's got 50 million different writers with full of pork and all Thousands this other bullshit. Of pages. Yeah. Where there's a, a good amount of money going to Israel. What I think <laughs> should be, well, no, that's true, but I think they need to let it shut down. That'll. But did you see, well, here's the thing. I think this is the part about the shutdown that pisses me off. They said, even if we have a shutdown, we're still going to send money to Ukraine. Okay, well, wait a minute. If there's a shutdown, you're not going to have money for any American programs. And, of course, Biden's coming out, and he's saying, well, you're basically saying, well, you know, the black kids, they're going to have a hard time with this. Meaning, the black kids? That's what he said. That's racist. You think? Because, you know, they're poor, and... We're going to have to shut down Wick. We're going to have to shut down Wick. We're going to have to shut down this. We're going to have to shut down that. Well, the other poor kids. Why is it just the black kids? Yeah. Well, you know what you need to do? You need to fucking shut it all down. And that includes not sending any money to Ukraine. You know what I would like to see? I would like to see this government shut down for a fucking month. A month? That's it. Oh, well, no more. I'm thinking like the rest of the year. No, the rest of eternity. Let's let's do something else. Okay, so so if you're not going to fund WIC, and you're not going to fund, and that's just one example, and you're not going to fund the programs for the people that really need it, or basic services that the American taxpayer pays for, but you're still going to have money for the illegal aliens, and there's something about that that pissed me off. I saw today. You're still going to have money for Ukraine. You're still going to have money for all these other bullshit things. But you're not going to help out the American people or the veterans. Buckley, did you see the thing where, because uh, you know in the cities, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of even celebrities saying, oh, man, I can't even get a hotel room. I got to do this gig here. I can't even get a hotel room. Because of all the migrants. Because they're throwing people out of hotels, putting the illegal migrants in there and on taxpayers' dime. Mm. Now, I saw a post the other day with this dude, a uh, well-known person. I'm trying to remember who he was, reporter of some sort. 
had gone to a very fancy hotel that he had reservations to stay in in New York City. And there was all kinds of people out front and National Guard was out there. Damn. And they said, no, this is no longer a hotel. It is now move, a quarantined move, area. Move along. This is no longer a hotel. While they're doing this all over the place. Yeah. Well, so, that's a big that's a big thing there. The governments or the politicians and mayors and shit in certain cities are asking hotels to become basically housing for immigrants, which I don't know any I don't know why any business in their right mind would be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Unless the government's paying them out, which they would have to be, right? Yeah. So and I think that has to do with their ESG score. Oh. Right? Does it make, really? making, Yeah, making them look good there, ah. and uh, which is another whole clusterfuck. But fascism. But why? But I saw a story about this Korean veteran that was either staying in a hotel or something like that. They evicted him with no notice, like knocked on his door. Okay, you got to go now. What do you mean I got to go? Get out! These ten immigrants need this. We need room. your. We need your room. I mean, I mean. This is why I want the government to shut down. Because if it's shut down, you're not going to have money to pay for these migrants to stay anywhere. And that's the way it should be. Like, if it's a government shutdown, you shouldn't be fucking paying for anything. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of collateral damage there because you got people waiting for the Social Security checks. But here's the other thing. Social Security funds are supposed to be in a separate fund that the government's not allowed to touch. But guess what they do? Touch it. They fucking touch it. They borrow from it like that. You know, they say, oh, we got to we got to do something about these entitlements. Wait a minute. It's not a fucking entitlement. Social Security is not an entitlement. No. Social Security is a fund that people pay into so they can have something when they so retire. they can have something when they retire. Just God barely enough to fucking not even buy groceries at this point. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So I think it's just the whole thing just needs to shut down and fucking shut down indefinitely. Shut it down. You know what? Yeah. Uh, this is funny. You know, Tim Dillon, obviously the comedian, mm-hmm. he does a, he did a little funny segment and he's obviously a comedian. So I don't know exactly what, uh, you know, he was embellishing or cracking up or, you know, making jokes about, but he did this funny thing. And I think these were real news stories too. There was, uh, he was talking about the same, uh, housing situation with hotels and stuff. And, <laughs> and there was a couple of like Ukrainian, refugees and russian refugees i guess that have been doing coming to these housing uh hotels and you know what their number one complaint was tim dylan does a whole little bit about this their number one complaint is the fucking food and how fucking terrible it is the hotel food Whatever they're feeding them. I don't know if it's hotel food. I don't know if it's like government funded, like certain, you know, this food goes to the, you know, uh, refugees or immigrants or whoever. And it's government's whatever food. But they're saying that it's it's like complete shit. It's complete poison. So these people from other countries. Well, it's American food. So they're probably right. right. So these people (laughs) from like, say, Russia, Ukraine, who come over to escape the war or whatever. um are literally fleeing from war and they still are like, and they're like <laughs> still recognizing that the food is complete shit in America. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Tim Dillon does a whole little funny thing about it, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a real pro like, like what 
you can't just expect businesses and hotels to like give up housing indefinitely for migrants and immigrants. Well, and that's like, what they're doing in all these blue cities. Right. And, and, and now you even have the mayors begging the administration to do something about the southern border, right? Okay, answer, answer this question. Here's a real simple question. I'll try to answer it. If we have all these alleged FEMA camps, mm. and we have all these vacant Walmarts, and we have these uh, oh other refugee camps. What is it? I'm trying to think of the term. Oh, what about all these? You know, the prison industrial complex wants to build prisons everywhere. Nice, lock them up, baby. Just fucking put them in there. Shut. Put them. <laughs> put them in the FEMA camps. Hey, I heard some prisons are kind of basically just like college dormitories. Well, the one I was in was some of the low, like the lower so, uh, security ones, are just like college but, dormitories. But what I'm saying is, why can't you house them there and let the hotel companies continue to rent out their rooms to people? Right. But because the government's probably paying some exorbitant fucking fee per night or whatever mm. for these migrants. It's, and, it's fucking insane. And who owns those hotels, too? Do you know what I mean? Well, big corporations. Yeah, big corporations or somebody that's benefiting, I bet, that has some sort of fucking connection to government or whatever. Something yeah. fucked up. But, I mean, it, it wouldn't be too hard for the government to fucking, uh, if they really were looking for housing, it wouldn't be hard for them to buy up a plot of land, right? A big plot of land somewhere and put in, like, module homes or something. Do you know what I mean? Well, okay, so why can't they do that? Well, I mean, they can, they just won't. So that's why, like, I feel like for some reason why they're going for the hotels, it has to be something sketchy to do with transferring money around, Uh but also getting the immigrants into the country. Um, and a lot of them, because we know a lot of them are coming in. And I mean, I've said this a hundred thousand times. Probably not 100,000 times, but... 80,000. At least 80,000. But a big part of the Great Reset is to flood, uh, for America anyways, to flood America with immigrants, make chaos, make crime go up, make businesses fail, which you saw in, in COVID, right? Bring oh, the bring, Overwhelm social services. Right, br- overwhelm social services, destroy mom-and-pop businesses, um, bring up the crime rate, uh Make everyone poor by driving up inflation, um, <laughs> essentially making America into a third world country. And a big part of this is like bringing in third world people or immigrants mm-hmm. or and then creating that environment. Um, you know, call me crazy or don't, but I feel like a big part of the migrant uh, issue that's going on is for that sole purpose. Oh, I agree 100 percent. Yeah, they're overwhelming services already. Look at the crime rates in these cities. Yeah. It's fucking skyrocketing. And these are all cities that have gun laws, right? So these like people that live in these cities, like law-abiding people, are not allowed to have guns to protect themselves. Right. And a lot of these people are um, fighting age, like military-aged males. Mm. They're seeing more of that than women and children because apparently all the children are disappearing. So kind of like to know where they're going. Oh, and, uh, and all this information is out there. Like I'm not making this shit up. Right. I mean, so there's a a pretty good clip going around of our, uh, 
Sam Tripoli going around the interwebs where he's talking about like the uh, say what you will about Sam Tripoli, but he where he's basically saying, you know, look for this upcoming election for the there's going to be migrant uh, riots, essentially. So, I mean, that if that is actually a prediction that's going to come true, it would fall real in line with why there's being so many migrants flooding into the country and why the government's taking action into finding them housing and keeping them here. Okay, so let's go over a few theories of why they're, why they're letting so many people into the country. Okay? Okay. Uh we know that there is a substantial amount of these people that are actually coming from Venezuela. A lot of talk on the internet, everywhere you look, about how most of these people are Venezuelans, right? Communist country. And I saw somewheres where the government is going to issue Venezuelans ID cards. Okay. Okay, so... What has the Republicans been talking about for years that needs to be happen in this country that we already do in the state of New Hampshire? Voter ID. So this is, in my theory, how they're going to get these illegal immigrants to be able to vote. Because here's what they're going to do. First, they're going to give them IDs. And once they have a government ID, well, then that means they can get a job, right? Uh, maybe. And then once they get a job, then the government can say, well, you're being, you'll be on Gobowie. <laughs> so we're going to let you, now we're going to issue a driver's license. Because mm. they're talking about doing that as well. They're going to give them driver's licenses. So now, when you go to vote, like, do they ask you if you're an American citizen? Like, you need to be an American citizen to vote. What? But what they're doing, they're doing the tiptoe. Supposedly. The, fam- the famous tiptoe. To tyranny. They're trying to pass laws that will allow immigrants to vote in local elections. Mm. And that's where it all starts. Mm. And now they have an ID, so they can vote with an ID if there's voter ID. Here's my ID. Now, when you register the vote, I'm sure there's a there's a little box you're going to check off that asks you if you were a U.S. citizen. They're probably going to take that question off. It's just magically going to disappear from, from voter registration. You watch. I don't know if they will. I'm just saying my theory of what they're going to do. And what's going to happen is first they're going to let them vote in local elections. And who who are they going to vote for? They're going to probably vote for somebody that's very pro-immigrant. Yeah, Somebody that's very pro. Well, we're going to get you a place to stay. We're going to get you cell phones. We're going to get you a fucking car. We'll buy you a car. You know, and then once they... Once they vote for local elections, and then they're going to say, well, that worked out okay, so we're just going to let them like vote in the state election next. Mm. And then next say we're going to let them vote in the national election. Mm. Which, 
they're not going to bite the hand that feeds them, right? So they're going to vote for whatever regime was in power when they were let into the country unvetted. Yeah, and I do think, too, that, like, that's a, a pretty damn good theory. Um, but I also think, like, all that shit, like, regardless of the actual law or voter ID, like, it doesn't really fucking matter because that whether they can or cannot do that, they're still going to do it. Do you know what I mean? To the point in which they're are going to facilitate who becomes the president or who becomes the next leader of the country. But a lot of the stuff that you're saying, and this is just kind of my take is would be a good like setup for the illusion that these people are voting for, you know, the person that is coming into power. I mean, in my opinion, just because when we talk about how controlled everything is, it doesn't really fucking matter. There's whoever is going to be in control is whoever the elites, the globalists want to be in power. Um, and I think you clearly saw that in um, last election. Uh, and to bring up, this is an interesting, I don't know if I forget what number, but I'm going to bring up Sam Tripoli again, because he had a really interesting episode. It was like the second to last or third episode that he did on, on his podcast, tinfoil hats. He had this guy who was uh, talking about, he was talking all about legalities of declaring yourself basically a citizen and that there's no more due process that really has to go into being legally into being a citizen of anything besides you declaring it. Have you heard this before? I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Yes. Right. So we actually have a show coming up very soon about that. So something similar. So, and that being said, it doesn't take any more than you declaring on a form or declaring to somebody that you're a citizen of whether it's your own like country or your own nation or of another nation which I thought was super interesting. Um, It kind of goes along with a lot of maybe some way that the powers that be are actually, you know, manipulating all of this migrant uh, involvement in the U S voting system, election process, maybe citizenship. I don't know. Have you heard about that? This stuff though? I, I, yeah, a little bit. Well, there's, couple of different factions there. Yeah. Uh, but but the one thing you got to remember now, they've been talking about this for a long time, is having like a cutoff date. And if you came into the country between these dates, we're going to give you amnesty, which means we're going to let you be here. Yeah. Well, letting them come in, and come in and giving them IDs, isn't that a form of amnesty in my eyes? Yeah. That, that's what that is. Right. Right. So I, I still say this it's multifaceted this whole thing with this many migrants coming into the country. It it's definitely is. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's look at one other angle other than the voting angle, because the voting thing that's big because they, what they're doing is they're securing future votes. Mm. So that, you know, 
they may not give them rights to vote like in, in the 2024 election. And we're going to get into whether or not that's going to happen here in a little bit. But it's going to ensure future votes for election cycles down the road for like the next 10 or 15 or even 20 years. Yeah. If you want to look at it long term. Because this this socialist play that they're pulling in this country has is the long game. And it's been going on since the 60s or maybe even before that. Since Babylon. Probably since <laughs> World War II, frankly. Uh, it, it's that long of a play. Mm. And, and a lot of that comes down to some of the uh, stuff that we might touch on a little bit later. But if you talk to anybody out in the street, restaurants, even garages, because I can tell you, I don't know what has been going. Well, I do, but we're really, I'm actually starting to see it actually here. We are so busy, inundated with work, lots of new customers. Mm. And I used to attribute that to a lot of little mom and pop garages are shutting down because it's hard to compete. And the expense of even being in the garage business actually is, is a lot higher, I think, than people think. And, you know, just give an example, like we have to buy an updated scanner. Well, there's two or three grand. Mm. And we might want to put a new lift in. Well, there's another three or four grand. You know what I mean? So it's big bucks. I thought that would have been more lift. It, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty reasonable. Oh. Used to be like 10 grand to put a lift in. Damn. Uh, say one of our welding machines pooches. Well, there's another couple of grand. You know what I mean? So nothing is cheap. Like nothing is cheap. So I used to say, well, these other places must be shutting down. So these places have nowhere to go. Mm. That could be part of it because that is part of the equation. However, talking to other friends of mine that are also in the business and one friend of mine in particular that you did some work for recently mm. who owns several shops he says we cannot get people to work yeah so we have we have this massive shortage of labor mm. the local pizza joint that has been in business for 30 years now they shut down on mondays and like a week ago, they decided to take the week off because they couldn't get any help. Damn. So then if you go to another restaurant, it takes forever to get waited on because they don't have any help. So, and everybody's saying, well, I can't get anybody to work. I've tried to get people to do this, try to get people to do that. Or, or like somebody on, you know, the town page on Facebook. Oh, I need a plumber or I need an electrician or I need this or I need that. And, and and we have those. Like a good friend of mine is a very awesome plumber, does all my work. But he is so freaking busy that he can't, he literally can't fit these people in, right? Right. So I think another thing, because we hear that while these are our replacements, these people bringing in that are coming in, they're our replacements. So are they letting these people come in thinking that 
they're going to be we're going to go back to the days of cheap labor. I mean, I think that comes kind of hand in hand with migrants. Like if you have that, and this but, is but millions of them, right? Well, that's well. Th- I want I want to bring this up a little bit earlier, but like a big side of immigrants coming in, right? Along with the inflation stuff, right? <clears throat> it's if you have migrants come in and then start looking for work, and they're not legal, they're going to get paid way less, right? And if you have millions of them coming in and looking for work and doing shit for way cheaper than like on a citizen would get paid to do it like that also undercuts like a large portion of society's economical growth or gain because a business owner is going to be like, well, I could hire this guy for 20 bucks an hour, or I can hire this immigrant for 12 mm-hmm. and I don't have to claim him in my employee, you know, whatever records, workman's comp, all that, yeah. all that shit, payroll taxes. So what does that yeah. do? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It takes jobs away from Americans as well as kind of like money away from Americans. I mean, look, I, in the business I work in, right. They have certain work programs for people, for immigrants and people from other countries. And I know for a fact that these people who are here on these work programs get paid a lot less than I do or Americans who work in that same field because uh, the employees are able to, the the, the biz, onus, uh, business owners are able to do so. And this is like the thing that... Legally. Legally, they're able yeah. to do this. Yeah. So... um. I mean, they could try to pay me less or or someone in my position less. But, like, for me, I'm like, no, I'm not going to, you know, I know the number that I need. So I'm not going to take that. Um, but, like, as well as, like, the, your, your, like, bit small businesses where, like, your, your pizza people where they can't find people to work for them. Um, and they're not in the situation where they can get immigrants or migrants to work for them for a low, flat rate. Well, dude, it's probably also because, like, they probably need to pay, offer people more money. And that's across the board. I mean, if you looked at during COVID, if you looked at the, the fast food industries just around the capital, right? Um, and this is a weekly thing. I'd be driving through town, not through the drive-thru to get burgers, but I'd be driving through town. And it was like every couple of weeks, it went from fucking starting rate 10. Oh, the signs out for $11. Yeah. $12. $14 starting rate 17. Now it's up to like 18 or 19 at a lot of fast food joints, which like I'm going to say when I was working in fast food, when I was way younger, like years ago, right? I was getting seven, like minimum wage, seven fifty five an hour. Okay. And just during COVID alone, it went up to like from, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 to like 18, $19 or something like that. But like, I, I honestly do think that business businesses need to, if they want people to work there and they want people to stay there, they need to pay them more. And, you know, I know for some businesses that might not be possible, but for some other business, I know for a fact that they just, whoever the owner is, they just don't want to pay it. They don't want to pay their employees that because they want more money for for them. Yeah. Like the corporations that 
the CEO is making yeah. millions of dollars a year, giving themselves bonuses while the workers are not getting pay increases. It's Yeah, corporations definitely do that in, prob- in way, way fucking worse. But I'm talking about like well-off businesses that could actually afford to pay certain employees more, but they won't. But if they actually want to keep people around and keep good employees and keep employees happy, they probably need to start considering that. Well, do I actually need this much money? Because if I don't have fucking employees to do the work to make money, then I won't make any money at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, I think for, in a lot of situations that's is happening where private businesses are starting to look at that and be okay. Like if we're going to actually keep people, we need to pay more other people. Maybe they're not catching on. Okay. So to kind of go into your thesis there, my thesis, because you're a business owner. This is (laughs) why they're giving them IDs Mm. because they're going to give them IDs and then they're going to say, okay, while you're at it, here's a card. Now you can work. Now you can work. Right. And then this guy can pay you fucking $12 an hour. But if you have, I mean, let's just say hypothetically that not all of these immigrants coming into the United States are here to commit crimes, here to drug deal, here to human trafficking, because we know it's a very high percentage of them that are probably doing that, right? There's probably a fair amount of these immigrants that are just coming here because they want a better life, they want to make money, they want to work, and they will work for probably less money. Now, we've seen this, and I'm not beating up on Mexicans, I'm just saying, but we've seen this in the, just say, the Mexican restaurant industry, which is huge, right? Yeah, we got like... What, they how bring many in Concord alone five at least. They bring these folks in with sponsors from Mexico, and they're like, "Okay, well, you can work for me, but we're giving you a place to stay. We're giving you this. We're giving you that. This is what we're going to pay you, and that's it. We're not paying you anymore. And you got to work for us for, you know, like a minimum amount of time." They do the same thing in Chinese restaurants. They probably do the same thing in Indian restaurants. Okay, so this is a. They do it in landscaping. It's in landscaping. This is a common, like commonly known thing, right? But if you have, say, 60% of the people coming in, I just want to come here to make a better life, make some money, maybe send some money back to their home country, maybe send some money to their family so they can buy land or build a house. And when they're done working, well, they can go back there or they can do it seasonal like Bingy does, right? Or how Bingy used to do it. Right. So, uh, but if that's the case and they're legal to work and they're getting some form of amnesty and IDs and eventually driver's licenses, to me, that's going to be and don't beat up on me for saying this, but that's going to be good for the economy. Because if if somebody goes into your business and says, hey, I've got my green card, I've got my ID, I've got everything, I can legally work, 
do you have any work? And you agree on a salary or a per hour, whatever, however you do it. And you bring this worker on. Well, then you're right back to taking out payroll taxes, doing all this stuff. And they become part of the system legally. But if you have 10 people fighting to fill five to seven jobs, well, then the employer is going to have the upper hand because he's going to pick the cream of the crop for his employees. In the state of New Hampshire, you don't need a reason to fire anybody. They can come in and look at you cross-eyed and you can fire them. I don't like how you look, boy. But what I'm saying, Get out. I mean, wouldn't that somehow be a benefit to the economy? And again, I'm not talking about the people that are here for malfeasance. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm talking about people that come here and genuinely want to work. Right. That's going to take away this. We'll pay you 20 or $25 an hour because we got no choice because we can't get anybody to work because these American kids, they don't want to fucking work. And, and when I say that, I don't mean all of them, obviously, but a fair amount of them. Right. You know, they all, they want to have an entry-level CEO position, is what I used to say. Straight out of college. Yeah. Or not even, straight out of high school. Oh, no, I, I no, I need to make 30 bucks an hour. Okay, what do you know how to do? Fucking nothing. You can make TikTok video, bitch. Well, okay, so here's that. They all want to be <laughs> they all want to be influencers, right? <laughs> right. So so, I, so but anyways, but getting back to that. Yeah. Now, now say this person comes in, they got an ID, they got a green card, they can work legally. They get some form of amnesty. Well, they're going to need a place to live. Mm. And it might take 10 of them all to pitch in to rent a house at the cost of rents now. But they will do that, right? They'll do that. I've seen it. Mm. But these people are also going to be out buying cars, buying motorcycles, whatever, transportation, bicycles even. Mm. That adds to the economy. They're going to have to have those cars repaired, which adds to the automotive economy. I mean, so I don't see where that's really a bad thing. It's a bad thing for Americans. Not a bad thing for the. It's a bad thing for Americans that want to work. Right. Then that's what I mean. Right. And I think, but not a bad thing for migrants or maybe possible agendas trying to be pushed. Right. Um, I do think, though, that there is this, and obviously we've talked about this before, there's the attack on the Americans, right? There's the attack on the American culture, if you want to call it that. I don't know if America really has a specific culture. But there's definitely an attack on Americans. I think a big part of that is, you know, kind of the, the mental illness stuff that goes along with a lot of the societal norms that are created throughout social media's and just like the psychological aspect of Americans, because Americans, a lot of Americans and probably a big reason why there's not a lot of, you know, people that want to work is, you know, mental, the, the mental state of America. It's like, you go to like, it's like, well, why am I going to a shit job working for like a boss who's making all the money and I'm getting paid jack shit? Like why, why, Maybe I should go be an influencer. 
and make a shit ton of money. Maybe I should go do a podcast and make a shit ton of money. You know what I mean? So I think that is definitely not this one. (laughs) So I I definitely think there's like a, uh, that the unwillingness to work isn't necessarily just the soul, uh, like I ideas or, or persona of Americans. I, but also I think it's something that is kind of perpetuated and created through a lot of the same control um, that's produced a lot of other like negative qualities of American culture. Like there's no, in my mind, there's no, and if, or buts that American culture is under attacked and essentially is trying to be pushed out, gotten rid of like the attack on the constitution uh, the, the, that's why you see big push for the LGBTQ shit. Um, you know, the, that's why mental illness is at such a big rise. That's why, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals are being pushed out and, and drug culture is like, you know, a big thing and, 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 and sex and pornography is a big thing and like placing our morals and everything. That's like, you know, stuff that isn't, good for a society it's to kind of flush out the american society bring in these new american societies which goes into the immigration stuff okay so you know you know that when these people come into this country they're not going to want to assimilate assimilate to the american culture right well dude there's there's they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna want to live their own culture which is not right like American culture, like at all. And this is why you, I think we're going to see a huge uptick in crime. We're already seeing it. Well, dude, I'm telling you, like from the, the like Bingy and, and some of his people that he knows that I've met and hung out with and talked to. First of all, like the Jamaican culture is way different than American culture. And I know that from talking to Jamaicans, um, but they don't think the same way as Americans. They think completely like differently. It's not like they don't focus on all this the shit where it's like all the distractions that we focus on or are or given to focus on on the regular um, through the social medias and the Hollywood and in in the media. They're more focused on like work and creating a life and you know build building a life. A lot, at least the ones that I know. Um, and, you know, I think that's different from American thought process because, like, a lot of the thought process is like, well, we got we, we got to get rich through these means of, like, you know, inf- uh, being an influencer, social like, media. Like, get right? rich quick, not work, I got to work, work my ass anything. off for right. 30 years, yeah. Right, and that's a big – well, and that's a big thing that's a double-edged sword, too, because, like, you know, lots of people work – their entire lives out of some company and they don't get shit. Right. Oh, well, that's true. Maybe they get bumps and pay raise and they get a little better position, but still in the end, it's like, well, what did you actually get? You know what I mean? So I don't know. There's a lot of different facets to this. And I think it's like, uh, with the facets, there's also a lot of manipulation and, you know, projection of certain ideas and, in work ethic that is being placed into the, the culture and societies. Um, but I do know for a fact that if you put an American 
um, ideals, lots of them, and an migrant's ideals, and you line them up next together, together, it's like completely different. Yeah, you know, I think the thing is, too, is like when you have, you know, each generation is their own thing, right? So you have the baby boomers and then you got the Gen Xers, which to me are the pretty hardcores. And then you have some millennials that follow in that footstep, right? But the kids that were born in the last 20 years, you know, 15 to 20 years, they got an altogether different mindset as far as anything goes, right? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I am a what I call a late boomer. You know, I'm a 63, <laughs> boomers went to 65, then Gen X took over. Like, we grew up knowing pretty much what we were going to do, like had a pretty good idea what we were going to do out of school. We were going to go on to college. We were going to go into military. Or get to work. Or we're going to learn a trade, and we're going to get to work, right? So, and, and that's what a lot of us did. Now, now of course, back then, they taught trades in schools, right? So, if like me, I you know, obviously an automotive shop, I was a straight-A student. Because I was already in the game at that point. Yeah. But it's like, you know, we had electrical. Well, I took electric class too. So we had electrical. I took woodworking. There was a sheet metal shop. There was, uh, what was the other shop? Oh, I can't remember. Metal. Ah. Uh, We had a huge drafting department. Now, I understand that, you know, technology has changed a lot of this, right? I get that. Yeah, yeah. But but I mean just in the automotive industry, I mean we learned I mean we were working on cars from the 60s and 70s and you know when I was in school. You figure I graduated in 1981, so we weren't working on cars out of the 80s. Those were brand new cars. Mm. You know what I mean? So we're working on by today's standards like like really primitive cars, right? <laughs> but if you're going to stay in this business, well you had to learn you had to evolve adapt your automotive knowledge with the stuff that was coming out of Detroit at the time, right? Uh, so, and but I mean, like right now, you know, they're, they're pushing the global warming thing, right? Oh, God. So, so there's going to be a huge call for HVAC people. Mm. And I know some kids, well, I call them kids, but, you know, in their 20s that they got out of high school. They went right into a trade school to learn HVAC. Now, one of them, I couldn't tell you how much money he's making. Probably. It's like insane money. Yeah. Yeah, but but they're working their asses off, and they're putting in. You're not doing a 40-hour week. No, probably like 60. Or 50 and change. Yeah. But what I'm saying is they've got it figured out. They know that this is what they're going to do, and this is what they're doing, right? And you can make money. Yeah, but you've got kids now coming out of high school. They're not going to work at McDonald's. Right. They're not going to go, you know, landscaping, really. Right. They're not they're not going to go in the automotive industry. And even some kids will come up and say, "Oh, I want to work on cars." You know what I tell them? Don't run. Think really long <laughs> and hard before you say that because to work on cars, like if you're going to start out working on cars now that are say 2015 and newer, mm. you have to have a lot of electronic knowledge, you have to have a lot of tooling. And you got to have a lot of patience because cars do weird things now. 
you know, cars have multiple computers in them. They have these double overhead cam setups and multiple chains and timing chain in the, or timing belt in the front, timing chain in the back like the Audis. Mm, yeah, 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 we see Audis here all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, I just look at this stuff and I'm like, who the fuck came up with this? Fucking robots. And then I say to myself, this is why they've lost two world wars in a row. <laughs> because they make things over complicated, over technical in the shit. Like, I'll tell you what, if you own an Audi out there, now listen, I can say this because we've worked on Audis for years here. Oh, yeah. If you own an Audi and that owner's manual says you need to get your timing, well, what we call you need to have your timing service, so it's not just a timing belt, it's timing belt, one or two of the chains, all your tensioners, your slides, all that. If that says you need timing service at 60,000 miles, you better get it. You better be making your appointment at 55,000 miles. Because it's almost like clockwork that these things will grenade if you don't do that. But that's a good thing. Well, right. well that it's t- well, not it's- if you pay $70,000 for a fucking Audi. But it's good that you can know that, though, And then at right? 60,000 miles, you're going to spend another five grand doing a timing service. That's true. But this is like, I think, see, there's a double-edged sword to technology, which is obviously good and bad. And a big, a big part of... Like the internet and the social media and all these different apps is the like the privatized paywall that you can kind of go behind, um, and you can kind of work towards for like a, a business. Do you know what I mean? Or um, you know whether you're trying to get money for your podcast or or you're trying to get um, you know you're starting a small business on like Etsy or something. Or I mean, so there is that good stuff. I mean, obviously OnlyFans. I have my issues with that. Uh, But that's like the idea of being able to individualize your own method of getting payment or business through the technology that is now existing. It's, it's super appealing. So why wouldn't people want to gravitate? No, I get that. I mean, and that's like, I think it's good and bad. Like if you have a, if you have a business, right. And you're on Etsy, you do this and you can make money off of that. Like, that's a good thing. If you're uh, a chick on OnlyFans, I'm sorry for all any women out there that listen to OnlyFans and think I'm shitting on you. I'm not. Um, I I think that, like, if you're going to be an OnlyFans chick and, like, do the, all that sexual content, like, you know, okay, that's good that you're getting paid and you can make a living like that. And if you enjoy it, then that's good. But, like, I don't think that is a a good quality to put out societally uh, for any community. Um, well, but just, that's just let's my just opinion. Cl- well, but, let's clarify something. What? There's a fair amount of OnlyFans people that are not doing explicit sex on or anything like right, that. Right, but there's a whole shit ton more that probably are doing But sex. there are. No, I agree. I agree. Right. But what I'm saying... OnlyFans gets beat up on because everybody <laughs> associates OnlyFans as being a porn site when in actuality what? it's basically almost the same as Patreon, believe it or not. Right, yes, but so, it, it's gravitated to being a lot of the sexual content. No, I get that. So, but this is my thing. It's like 
If there's a right, okay. So if there's like um, a kid that's like out of high school and he has to start fucking thinking what a, what he wants to do with the rest of his life, um, which good luck. Um, and it's like, well, I can get a shitty job at fucking McDonald's, or hey, maybe I can travel somewhere for a week, uh, film a bunch of different vlogs and content, uh, and then put it on tiktok or instagram and it gets like a hundred thousand likes or views or whatever or maybe a couple million views um and it generates some wealth from that some money and then like people notice that i'm getting followers and then fucking you know sponsors reach out to me and they're like oh we want to sponsor you for blah 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 and then fucking maybe some podcast wants you to come on and talk to them like that's the way of the world right now and i guess um not for everyone but it's definitely a facet of of money making but like why wouldn't that be more appealing to do that oh no fucking grinding away on cars with a fucking landscaping than being fucking you know, going to college and getting ridiculed with debt and then fucking working in some corporate job where you have to, like, suck some woke guy's dick and, like, follow all these bullshit policies. Like, yeah. That, Your TPS reports. Right. That's, like, way more appealing. So it's, like, I kind of completely understand why there's a low employee rate because, like, especially in the younger crowd because it's, like, well, I could fucking – Go travel to fucking tropical island, make some content, and maybe that I can make money doing that. Like, yeah, why the fuck wouldn't you want to do that? Do you know uh, what I mean? Okay, like, so so <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah. But what these people need to understand, the percentage of people that are that successful right. is very, very low. But that's why... It's, it's just like people that... Take drama class in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to a drama college. Like want to be Brad Pitt. Right. Right. There's only a handful that make that happen. It's but like I think it's, that's part of the fucking illusion. Well I don't think I don't think that's by accident, honestly. I think that's like part of the whole like societal uh Amer- the American societal crash. Um, is like putting that illusion out that like this is something that you can completely do and it's really not that hard because like fuck working hard nowadays to get money or, or get your goals right it, all you gotta do is film a video and upload it like i and then maybe it could go viral and maybe you're boom you're fucking in and i so that's what i'm saying like i think that's part of the illusion and that's something that's being you know pushed onto people or the younger crowd or the younger generation for that sole purpose. And I think a lot of that is also is how these social media companies make money. Right. Is because you have all these people trying to do the same thing. Hey, I like to do content. I just like to put funny shit out there. Right. You know, I like to do the podcasts. Hey, you can like back me up on this. We said we'd probably do this for five years before we even start making any money doing it. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and I mean, at some point, you know, it would be nice to make something doing it because, I don't know, I think it's a pretty good show and it's going to get better. It's but, okay. But what it, but what <laughs> it is, though, social media, 
and and I'm sure everybody that uses social media and, and who doesn't, right? Really, your eyes being on those screens is where they make their money because you are the product. Oh, how fucking yeah! And this is what they call targeted ads. It's the same thing on YouTube. Once that algorithm tells, you know, goes into the database, of, oh. Uh, you're watching, like lately I've been watching a lot of music videos and how-to videos and learning how to play different songs and just kind of looking into it. So now when I log on to YouTube, well, that algorithm knows that, and that's what it's showing you. And as you're watching these videos and you click on a new one to watch, well, what comes up? Three ads come up, and you're watching them ads. And once in a while, I will admit, there's an ad that's interesting and you click on it. Well, then somebody's getting paid. Right. So they want your eyes on these screens. They want your life to revolve around social media. And they're being very successful at making that happen, right? So I understand why people would want to gravitate towards that. I just saw a post earlier and it was a list of like the top 10 the top 10 influencers, right? And when I ever saw the dollar amounts that these people were making, I'm like, "Oh my god." Like you could have build up a business that took you 20 years to build up and you're still not even putting a dent in how much money these people make doing what they're doing, right? Let me give you an example. Uh, I want to say I saw was it the, the Paul brothers, uh, Jake Paul and his brother. I don't know if his name's Tyler or whatever. It showed how many followers they had across you know all platforms, and I mean, and it's their follower numbers that's in the millions, right? And then you see what they make a year, and it's like, oh my god, that is freaking insane. But they also have to do something to get those people to follow them to watch their content so they can't they're not putting up dance videos they're not putting up you know political rant videos although there's a fair amount of influences that just talk politics and they do pretty well too like millions of followers but you know these are the people that probably are going to be the next Tucker Carlson's or or whatever, or something like that, right? Next, Alex Jones, for instance. But when you see this one, like Mr. Beast, Buckley, did you see what Mr. Beast makes? It's in the double digits of millions of dollars a year. Oh, yeah, he's as being As been being, and who was that other, uh, Casey something? I used to follow him just to kind of get a grasp on what he was doing. Uh I can't remember his last name anyways, but he was like a photographer and he would skateboard around and do videos and this and that. But what about the little kid that opens up toys? Like this kid makes millions of dollars a year. Right. And it's not doing anything controversial. <laughs> like, like everybody in our, you know, what we're doing, you know, we're, we're, we're speaking out about the, you know, the uh, agenda of the elite, you know, and all this other stuff. Well, we're already under the gun because we know that our pages are suppressed. Mm. We gain, like me, I'll get 25, 30 new followers a week, but my number doesn't change. 
Yeah. Because they take them off the bottom. And I mean, and I might have a lot of bot accounts and fucking who knows what accounts, whatever. Sex sex robots. I've just decided that I'm not going to give a fuck about what my followers are on Ron from New England because I'm telling you every day I'm getting followers. Like every every single day. Like, and not just one or two either. Like some days I'll get 15, 20 followers or whatever, but I'm still under 3,000 followers Mm. because the shit we talk about is fucking controversial. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, even I think even Spotify does this, to be honest. And I've talked to other podcasters about this. And I talked to another podcaster who really dedicates a lot of time to his show. He doesn't have a job. That is his job. And he wants to make it his job. And he's working very hard at it. And his content is really good. Right. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't use Spotify. Mm. He uses another one. And his downloads a week are insane. More did, did he ever use Spotify? Oh yeah. So he saw yeah he like started a, out with Anchor. So he saw he saw a shift big time. Yeah, and and so, so I understand huh. I understand why these kids want to do it, but I, I agree, Buckley, that it is an illusion, or you can call it a dream. Like this is their dream to be able to live life on their terms. I get that. I'm 60 years old. I wish I could do that. And it's like, it's a lot of work, believe it or not. It's still a lot of work, but who wouldn't say, you know what? Let's max out the credit cards. Let's go do what you did. Let's go to some cool places. Let's do some cool videos and let's just see where it goes. Right now. I follow this chick (laughs) And she is, no, it's nothing like that. I follow it, and her name is Ava, and I forget her last name, but she's from Poland. And she travels all over the world, all over the United States, in this old land cruiser. Not a land cruiser, sorry, Land Rover. And she's got her dog with her. She's got a Belgian Melanois. And a huge butt. And... Doesn't have a huge butt, but I will say she is a good-looking girl, Ooh. and she's single, oh, and nice. she just drives around, and she goes to these towns, and she does this trip to Alaska she did, and her videos are freaking addicting to watch, because it's it's kind of like over what we call overlanding, which is something that I like to do when I say that I like to off-road. You know, I off-road in my Razor or my Quad or something, and that's just freaking awesome like if i could make a living doing that i would fucking close these doors tomorrow and i would do that are you talking about like sort of like nature-esque videos yeah yeah those are some of my favorites like what she's she's got this land rover all set up it's got a pop-up roof she camps she she hooks up with other people that do the same thing overlanders they travel together they travel to all these desolate locations and she just right. does videos of her trials and tribulations. And that's way more appealing than it's fucking super interesting. a nine to five in some fucking corporate yeah. fucking yeah. shit she's, show. Obviously, she's got a Patreon with a... Fa- I looked up her Patreon. All kinds of members, people donating to her. Uh, she's got to be making money on YouTube. I forget how many followers she has, but... It makes sense. But what it is, it's it's nothing, sexu- it's nothing sexual like whatsoever. It's just... I remember I came across her videos. I started watching them because I actually, well, as you know, Buckley, I just upgraded my vehicle. 
Yeah, you did. Nice. And uh, and my new vehicle's pretty nice. I like it. It came from a very close friend of mine uh, who actually listens to this show, and her name is Charlene. What's up, Charlene? You sexy bass! And, uh, and it was her girlfriend's SUV that she bought, I want to say, almost brand new. And I've been doing the inspections on it for quite a few years now, so I knew the vehicle. Like, it's a good-looking car. And her girlfriend... Had two bouts of cancer. The second time, she didn't oh, survive. Shit. Awesome, awesome chick. Beautiful yeah. girl. Very well-known coach in one of the local high schools. Used to coach all kinds of women's sports. Just just universally loved by everybody. So my friend is like had this emotional attachment to this vehicle, right? Oh. So we had this conversation. She needed to upgrade her vehicle because she drives a lot for work. She drives down into almost into mass or does drive into mass every day. And uh, so we came to an agreement and, and I said, Hey, listen, if I get the car, at least it's in the family. Cause I mean, I've been close with this girl for, she was married to my best friend at one time, like forever, like 25 plus years. We've been friends. And uh, so anyway, so I made a deal with her. I got the car, but, the reason why I bought my 99 Mercury Mountaineer is because I wanted to turn that into a Overlander vehicle just to kind of cut my teeth with it, just to kind of maybe go on a camping weekend with it, mm. go into some remote locations because that thing is a billy goat. It will literally go anywhere. Film some fucking content. So, so yeah. So what I'm going to do, well, I've got the drone now. Oh. You know, we've got the nice camera. And, and and I did not take the Mountaineer off the road. It's still on the road, insured, registered, all in the whole nine yards. But now it's time for me to fix all the little things that are going wrong with it, right? So, and I had in my in my mind that at some point I'm going to get a real Overlander rig, like a real th- fucking real truck. And I always liked these old Land Rovers. And I'm not talking to fancy Land Rovers that soccer moms drive that are fucking utter pieces of shit. I'm talking the Land Rovers that you used to see on Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom in on, on the Savannah or in the fucking jungles and shit like that. Like those Land Rovers, like a real Land Rover. Anyways, so that's what this chick has. And it's just, it just her stuff is just so interesting. Yeah. And, I, and I probably should look up uh, who it is so I can turn everybody on to it because you got to check this out. Dude, some of the funniest content is like where some chick is just like, oh, this is such an amazing place and like has like a video or something and it's just like her standing like look overlooking something like in a thong with like a fat booty. Yeah, well, okay, so they're using... <laughs> They're using multiple tools there, right? It's like, oh, it's my favorite. So, place. so this chick's name is <laughs> Ava. Is Ava Zubek? Fucking ass. <laughs> Ava Zubek is her name. You can look her up on YouTube. Actually, I'll drop a link in the show notes. Ava who? Vobek. Ava Zubek. Mm. Yeah. And, and anyways, awesome, awesome videos. Uh, but that's something that I thought I would like to do. So I was thinking, uh, I'm actually actively looking for one of these Land Rovers. A uh, friend of mine just went to a big car show in Stowe, Vermont, and he's found one there. But the guy wants pretty reasonable money for it. I mean, it's not cheap because he's go for, like, stupid money. And uh, so I'm going to kind of reach out to that guy and see, you know, financially, I'm not really going into winter. Is very, 
I'm very hesitant. I'm very hesitant. Well, I'm hesitant about spending a certain amount of money because I know I'm going to have to. You'll get the wrath of the wife. I got to. Well, no, 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 no. My wife does not. No, my wife does not interfere with any of that. Oh, and that's nice. No, no. She's very cool about that. So cool. She knows I'm a car guy. I don't have a brand new car. I never buy myself anything nice. And she always has a brand new vehicle. So. Uh, and, and that's, and, and listen, just for disclosure, like that's her deal. She pays for that shit. I don't. Oh, damn. Yeah. So she can get whatever she wants. I do not tell my wife what to do with her money. I just, I don't believe in that. So, uh, so anyways, I'm going to kind of work towards getting that Land Rover and I'm going to get a trailer or a setup so I could take my razor with me film some content bitch and i think that that would be really fun for an old guy to go maybe spend however many years i got left you got a good amount i'm I'm thinking at least dude if i could get to 80 i'd be happy i'm thinking like yeah another at least five years left at least well well, some days i feel like that (laughs) but but uh but anyways uh kind of like what i would like to do and i and i don't know if people would be interested in watching that or not but uh, I've always been into off-roading. I've always been out to be in, you know, into being out in the woods. I used to camp a lot as a kid. And uh, even when we, my father would take us on vacations in the big RV, I would always tent. I never wanted to be inside. Again, like I have this thing, I never want to be inside. I would always tent. The only time I couldn't tent, we were in the Rockies in Banff National Park, which is the Canadian version of Yellowstone. And there was a bear attack the night before, so they we weren't allowed to tent. So, damn. Uh, but anyway, so you know, so even at my age, in all the years that I've worked, like physical work, like hard work, like I've worked really hard. You're like that sounds better. Like I want to do that. Like this sounds <laughs> like this might be appealing. <laughs> right. So so I get that. No. I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. You know something I've been doing. I just bought a laptop. You finally bought one? I did. Well, about fucking time. I know I've been speaking about doing it for a while. Well, you know, money's, you know, laptops ain't cheap. Um, which will also mean once I get a microphone, I can start doing some other shows. What do you need for a microphone? Just one. I don't know. I'll, I'll fucking not. send you home with one. All right. Done. Well, because people have been asking me to come on other podcasts. I've just been like, dude, like, I, I just, I don't have a setup at home. Like, and unless I'm coming here where the studio, like, I, I just can't really swing it, you know? I only got so much time to do certain things. But if I had a setup at home, you know, I could do it from home and go on other shows. Okay, how many times have I told you, get a laptop, I got the rest? I got one, Ron. All right, That's well, what I'm trying to say. God gonna... damn it. I'm going to send you home with some shit tonight. So I bought a laptop. Because I have been encouraging you to do that. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. I did Go it. on other right. shows. I freaking did it, Ron. What do you want me to do? I I'm, proud. Did it. I'm okay. fucking proud of you. So this is what I'm saying. I, there was, did you buy a nice one, though? Uh, I bought... What's the chip? A decent one. Please tell me it's not an i3. I don't know what it is. Essentially, I forget. It's a no, uh, Loveno, Loveno. Lenovo. Lenovo. So essentially, the guy Lenovo. Was like, okay, so a Lenovo is a very good computer. It's an IBM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, like when I I went to Best Buy, and I I made sure I, the the guy the guy was he knew he knew what he was talking about. He was kind of nerdy, 
Um, I had, I walked through every fucking computer with him and like, he essentially was like, if you're looking for the best computer for bang of your buck, this is what you want to go for. It's a Lenovo. It was like, he said it was, it was on sale. So it was marked down and it's like the most solid computer. And I was like, well, cause I was looking, I was like, what about this one for like 300? Oh fuck. Are you kidding me? I don't know anything about fucking computers. Okay, Ron. Dude, my laptop was like twelve hundred bucks. No, I, I was looking at shit. I'm not gonna pay twelve hundred dollars for a fucking laptop. God damn, what am I fucking Elon Musk? Continue your story. Jeff Bezos, what am I, Ron? Do I look like I made out of money. Please continue. God damn. All right. <laughs> and he was like, he kind. I think he figured. Yeah, I mean, just looking at me, I was in like Carhartts and like covered in grass. So like, okay, this guy's fucking. Like, this guy's probably a schmuck. He's fucking retarded. He's retarded. He's retarded. Looks he like has, a Gen Xer. He looks like he's basically homeless, essentially. Besides that, you know, whatever. Uh, accurate. So I think he kind of figured out my price range, and he was like, "No." And most of the computer was like, "What about this one for like?" It's like two hundred bucks. It's a, a Google Chrome. No, those are shit. Yeah, you don't want Literal those shit. Literally, he was like, okay, this is what he did. He brought me to this computer. He's like, this one typically is 650 normal price, but it's on sale. There was like two or three of that were on sale. It's like, so it's like only 400 I'm telling you, like, this is, I, I have one of these computers. I'm going to buy my girlfriend one when she goes to did school. Did you tell him that you wanted to do podcasting with it? No. I was like, because that's not why I bought it. Well, okay, but what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I bought it. He didn't ask you what you plan on doing with the computer no, other, no, other actually, than porn. No, no, no. Well, besides, you know, my my OnlyFans content. And your Bumble account. And my Bumble. Yeah. And my Grinder account. Grinder. And, you know, all that shit. Um, I was like, you know, not nothing. I, I want to type, you know, maybe put some landscape ads on, out, whatever. Learn Canva. Right. He's like, this is your best bet. Do this. I'm telling you. It's the best computer for price. You won't have to like come back in a year to get a new one. Like telling you, get this one. I I run this one. It's it's really good. Okay, so I did it. It was like four hundred bucks, which is good. Not bad. Marked down from six fifty. Yeah, I was happy. But what I was initially trying to get to was there was people reaching out to do podcasts who wanted me to come on. I was just like, I can't. So I'm gonna be able to do that soon. If anyone's still interested listening out there, um, but also. Oh, you're going home with the stuff tonight. Okay, well, good. Now I'll work on my All right, stuff. so let me ask you something. <laughs> I didn't even get so to the So now point, when I can get a guest on, an interesting guest that has a busy schedule, and I can get them on an off time. Yes. That means you can zoom in. If I am not doing something else. <laughs> no, I get that. But I'm saying yes. if you had notice. Right, right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah definitely. But also, too, because I don't know if people know me about uh, know this about me, but I've been writing and working on some books for, like, way too fucking long. Way longer than it should take a normal person to write anything. Well. It, it's taken me way too long. But. But you're doing it. But a big reason I got, I got this computer was because, like, I wrote. I'm not going to say a book because it's not published, but I wrote a manuscript because that's what an unpublished book is, is a manuscript. I wrote one of them and then finished it. And then I started writing the second one. And Is never, it a series? Never finished it. Oh, it's a series. All okay, right. cool. Never finished it. And then like literally 
I don't know. Life takes a, well, it takes a beating and a toll on you. Mm-hmm. But it also, other things take priority. Um, and that zaps your creativity. We've it, talked about that it before. It completely zaps your creative creativity and also takes out any space to do creative things most of the time. Um, but since I got a laptop, now I'm back at it, baby. Oh, that's awesome. I'm fucking working on it. I'm going to finish the second manuscript and then go from there. And it's been way too long of a, of a coming. But this is one of those things with me. It's like uh, sort of an obsession, but not really an obsession so much as like, because I, I don't work on it like all the time because I just, you know, sometimes it's like, Jesus, that's the last thing I want to fucking do. And if you've ever written, which I don't know if you have. Oh, yeah. Okay. Then it Well, can, screenplays. Okay. Oh yeah. All same right, 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 same right. idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's super fucking like it's kind of draining and it kind of sucks to do it. But also once you get into it, doing it, it's fucking awesome. So Ernest Hemingway said, "Not to interrupt you, yeah." But Ernest Hemingway, who led a crazy life, yeah, <laughs> fucking hands down, <laughs> yeah said the one thing that he forced himself to do was to get up at a certain time every, every day, day and write. For, but this is what he did for a living, so he didn't have right. a job to go to, right? right. But, but just say, right. get up at a certain time and write until a certain time and then stop. No matter where the fuck you are, you stop. Mm. And then you go do your thing. Yeah, yeah. And this is how he was able to get in his routine... And he would get into that mode because I understand I'm a creative person. Also, you have to be in a creative mood. Mm-hmm. It's just like how many times Buckley have yes. we have we had this conversation? Right, where your lady, my lady, <laughs> will fucking just fucking start a conversation about something you just don't want to deal with. <laughs> a fucking two hours before it's showtime. Oh, and it's like. Or that day, and it's like, oh my god! And not that she's done; she did that today. I have had other things that have been distracting me. She's actually been pretty good lately. That's good. Uh, but it fucks you up mentally because you have an idea of what you want to talk about on the show. Mm. You have a few things, and you and I, we wing it a lot, and. Because if nothing else, we're good at picking a subject like last minute and just going for it, right? And if you if you're trying to be creative, you cannot have fucking distractions. You just yeah. can't. And yeah. this is and this is another thing like how I've been saying I want to get back into playing, right? Playing guitar and banjo and stuff. I still haven't found the time where I can just come here and be alone and do that, but I have mm. to make that time, right? Mm. Like you have to say, like I set a goal for over the winter. Actually, I set a goal for the next year to be a whole lot better at the end of the next year than I am right now, right? right. So you have to set up a plan. Well, it's the same thing with writing mm. or doing anything that's artistic, right? And this is why... I don't get on little G's shit when I know she's being creative and I tell my wife, 
back off of her. Just let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing for you. Yeah, dude. So, you need the you need so, the fucking space. So man. I'm excited for you. You need the space. Yeah, that's what. No, that's like, awesome. You need the fucking space. And this is the thing. I'm not. I'm like you know. Some people are like become obsessed with like the thing you want to do and fucking pursue it till you fucking are bleeding out of your ears or whatever. It's sort of like that. Obviously, it's not daily. Like I've probably gotten years without writing, but every it, literally every single fucking day i think about it mm-hmm. i'm like i need i have to i have to get when am i going to get back to it when am i going to find the space when am i going to find the time to do this every day and for me that's how i know it's like i'll be fucking damned if i don't finish the the second manuscript honestly and whether or not i actually fucking do anything with it or it gets published or whatever. Okay, but right here's the thing is, with self-publishing, but though. The, you but can do it is, yourself. That's right, but that's beside the point. Right now, it's like, I'll be damned if I let anything fucking not let me finish. Mm-hmm. The thing that I know I need to write for whatever reason. And that's the other thing, too. I don't know why I have to write this exactly, but I do know that from the point in time in which I had the initial idea popped into my mind, it never once has like deviated, deviated or been like, no, no, I'm I'm just not gonna, even if, even if I haven't worked on it for years, right. There was never a time where it's like, I'm just not, I'm I'm all good. I'm not going to even try. I'm, I'm, I'm all set. I'm down finish. No, I'm not going to work anymore. It's always been like, I, I'm, I need to, I, I'm going to need to find the fucking time to do this. I need to fucking finish it. And I don't know why that is either. It's just like, I know it needs to be done and I'll be damned if I fucking don't do it. No, see, that's good. One thing I will say about Buckley, he is a stubborn fucker. <laughs> so if he says he's going to do this, he's going to do this. Hey, you know what? I think we should drink to that. You got a spare? I got plenty of spares. Well, what do you got? What do you want? I don't know. I haven't had a I haven't had a beer in a long time. Woo! We got hazies. We got a couple uh, horse rocker, maybe. Oh, it's probably slimy though. It's like yours. Is it slimy? Been there for it's been in the the cooler for probably like a month. Was it in with water? I mean, and some semen, animal semen. (laughs) All right. Well. Well, anyway, that was my rant. Uh, that's what I'm currently working on. No, so. I'm happy for you. I, let's fucking, we got a drink to that. There's just certain things. Like, for me, it was like the mute, the, like. Okay, here it comes. Oh, shit. There we go. Lahayam. Lahayam. Nine. Dude, and that's for me, too. It's like. That's still good. You know how I was like, I, I was a musician, or I, I guess technically. Oh, right, can I say something before you go any further? Yes, sure. Something you said a couple weeks ago. Oh, I said it. Oh, yep. God. You said, Ron, I think it's cool that you want to get back into music because it might inspire me to do it also. <laughs> so, I'm going to make a parallel. Okay. When you said you were going to get back into your writing, which I think is awesome, mm. 
it might inspire me to do that also. To write? Yeah, to get back on my stories. Bitch, we should write a fucking screenplay. We can do that. <laughs> I, you know me. Fucking, we work together good. I'm up for that. But this is the thing. Okay. The thing with me was like I, I played music for like, I don't even know how fucking long. Very young age. Like for most of my life. And like I literally, I was like, thought it was like, I was like, oh, if I don't become a musician in some fashion where I can make a living off it, like I'll fucking like I'll throw myself in front of an 18 wheeler. Like that was my mindset. At you a could, point. you know, that's I setting your that, that's though. setting your set sights awful high. I know. Well, hold on. I, I don't want to derail you, but it doesn't have to be an eighteen wheeler. You can throw yourself in front of a city bus. <laughs> right. I mean, you can die at like what a height of uh, fall from like six feet. Yeah, yeah. I don't want you to do that. That'd no. be fucking messy. <laughs> well, getting hit by a bus would be fucking messy too. But okay, so this is the thing, and I was like pretty serious. I I did it for a while. I even went to a really good music school in Boston. Um, and like I, my mind was set on being a musician and then eventually that kind of stopped and I've talked about this before. It kind of stopped, kind of realized some shit about that. Um, you and Coyote Cove actually talked at, talked about that. It was very interesting actually. Right. And I kind of just realized the bullshit of like where my mindset was and like, and then eventually it took me a little bit, but then eventually it was like, no, nah, I don't need to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mind you, all this time that I was playing music um, for my early 20s and to my late 20s, right, when I was really trying to take it seriously, I was also fucking writing. That's when I started to write. And um, the one difference between writing and the music thing is, like, the music thing has kind of, like, subsided. Like, it's kind of gone. Like, I still like to play music. So, like, would maybe play with some people if I ever got the chance. But it's not still stuck in my mind like the writing is. Where it's like, like, I have to. I have to. to Like, the writing is more of a priority than the music. Well, it's more just kind of like you, like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta finish it. Like, when are you gonna work on it? When are you gonna find time to work on it? Like, every day. Every day occurrence. It's like clicking in my mind like over and over when are you gonna work on it you, you know what you need what you know what you need to write you know where the thing where the writing's going like when are you gonna do it when are you gonna do it like literally it's a, a daily thing whereas like now music which i focus on for so fucking long in my life is kind of just like yeah eh, okay it still would be fun to get together and play though i'm just saying but that's the that's the association of different difference between the two things. And I think that's a, an association of difference of importance for things in your life. Do you know what I mean? The things that you like wake up and you're like daily focusing and it's not necessarily a active obsession in your daily energetic output and function, but like a daily focus of your mind. Like if it's in your mind every fucking day, especially if it's a goal, or something you're working on, like, I feel like that trumps certain things in your life that maybe you thought you were supposed to do, or maybe someone guided you into doing. Um, oh, my God, I could go on about this. <laughs> but you don't, re- but maybe you never really, that was never really your thing. That's what I'm saying. So okay. I guess 
end spiel and rant. Okay, so. Nahayim. So. Drink Nahayim. We'll take a break from beating up on immigrants. <laughs> yes. Uh, because this is interesting. Yeah. To me. And if the listeners like it, I hope you like it. I hope you fucking like it. Okay. Said this before. My whole life, it was drilled into my fucking head that this was what I was going to do. I didn't have any choice. And me being loyal to my family decided that, okay, this is what I'll do. Even though it's like the last fucking thing I want to do. Well, you'd be third generation. I mean, I think we're coming up on 100 years that the, my family's been in the automotive business. Isn't it over? It's got to be fucking close. I'm pretty sure that sign you had it hanging in your room uh, somewhere was like over 100 years. It's got to be real close. And I'm like, and I'm not saying it hasn't been okay to me. It's been okay. I mean, I haven't made, well, you know what? I'd like to have all the money in one spot that I've made fucking doing this in my lifetime. It would be astronomical. But life costs money, right? Make money, spend money. But the point is, is so as you get older, that becomes your identity. Oh, that's Ronnie. He's the car guy. He's the guy that owns that garage. Then you fucking believe it. That's been there for, you know, this location's been here for <laughs> fucking 40-something years. This is the third location. And this one's been here for 40 years. People say stuff enough times about you. Eventually, you maybe start to believe it. Unless you have a really strong fucking mind of who you are individually. Right. But... This is exactly where I was going with this. When you said, when you have something you want to do in your life, fucking do it. So everybody knows me, and I am very well known in this whole area of doing what I do. First, we were known as, oh, those are the old car guys. Mm. Those guys got like 500 antique cars in their backyard, right? So I got past that. You know, remember crushing season a couple years back? Oh, yeah. So, uh, because I want to clean this place out, I'd like to mow the fields and make it look fucking nice again. And uh, because it wasn't my idea to fill it up with cars. But anyways, that's what my dad did, and that's, that's just what happened. But the whole time growing up, when I was working, I'd always be drawing. And then I got into airbrushing, and I would, you know, and, and my father derailed that because he was making money off of it, and I wasn't getting none of it. Damn. But but everybody just knows me as the car guy. Well, you don't know. Like, when people come upstairs, like, I, I spend a lot of time up in the studio because not only do I like it up here because it's a, a little bit quieter, not really, but I can close the door. To your and, own space. Yeah. When I'm not around. And if it's super, yeah, and if it's super hot while well, I got AC up here, and in the wintertime when it's cold... It's like 80 degrees in here, like fucking. Never, we've done shows. It's like, dude, I gotta fuck, I could be in a t shirt tonight. Mm. And it'd be like, you know, 10 degrees outside. So, anyways, I spend a lot of time up here. So, when customers wanna come looking for me, one thing that I will say, my brother's gotten a lot better with, <laughs> he'll text me, somebody wants to talk to you, can I send them up? And first I'll say, well, can you handle it? 
And if it's somebody that needs to talk to me about something, I'll say, yeah, I'll send them up. And they'll come up and they'll say, oh, what do you got going on here? What do you, what do you got a radio show? Because, you know, old timers, they don't fucking understand podcasting. What do you got a radio show? I said, yeah, kind of. It's a podcast, but it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a thing, you know. And then they'll look around. Oh, boy, you got a few guitars up here. I said, yeah, I have other interests other than cars. As a matter of fact, I fucking hate cars. What's your question? What can I help you with? <laughs> what do you, you know need? What I mean? Get Be- out of my lair. Because it's like for, I can remember when I first started dating my wife, and this goes back quite a few years, 20 years probably. It was gold, right? She, uh, she knew I was into writing and doing stories and working on screenplays, and she was very supportive of that. Really? Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, and then I just started, you know, life gets in the way, then you get distracted, then you got this going on, then you got that going on, and then, you know, you got a lot of bills at the end of the month, so you got to fucking be down there humping on fucking rust rust buckets. <laughs> so it's like but yeah. but like what you said but what like what you said that yearning <laughs> to do that has never ever gone away. Yeah. And the same thing goes with me wanting to go back to playing music. And I could be the worst player there ever was, but if I get enjoyment out of it, then that's all that matters to me. Right. When I think there's like a fucking... But what people say, though, oh, I never knew that you did that. You played a guitar? I said, well, I've been playing guitar since I was a little kid. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. I never knew that about you. Well, dude, there's this like there's this whole side of life that I think it's um you get you get stuck in a in a box or situation, and then it's like whether it's bills or like some sort of business or or, or family situation or or debt or I don't I don't know, but you get stuck, and then it's like the things that you wanted to do. They you become imprisoned, is what you do. You become imprisoned, and then the things that you wanted to do that you had these great ideas to do, they become nothing. And uh, there's this famous quote, and I, I don't know the exact quote. I know Joe Rogan is known for saying this. Is that like, and I think he attributes it to men, but like I don't really see it being you know, different for men than as well as for women. But coming from the male perspective, um, he talks about this quote a lot, and it's something like, you know, uh, people or men live quiet lives of of desperation, and it's like, I don't think that's just men, obviously. Women are probably in the same fucking boat. million women that feel stuck in their lives too, for sure. Same fucking boat. But I think that that quote is attributed to like, you know, we get stuck in this fucking system or a way of life. And it's like, well, did you intend to end up here? Like, is this what you saw for yourself? And instead of taking the leap into being uncomfortable and, you know, breaking out of that system or whatever you're in, uh, and instead of taking that leap and becoming uncomfortable and then getting back to work, work on whatever it was you initially wanted to work on and fighting like hell to complete it or, or, or whatever, you know, I think that's really what it means. Instead, people, they fall into this system and they yearn for the other things that they wanted or wanted to create or wanted to go for. But in, 
because it's so hard to break out of that and go for that stuff, they stay in the lane that they're in now. And then, then the other people that they have to answer to and the other systems that they have to answer to. And then there in four, it's like, yeah, you may have a together life with a family and a job, a good paying job. And, and you're, you're, you're making some money or whatever, but it's like, well, what about the things that you really wanted to do? That's always going to under lie Un- that's always going to be there. So when you're acting or, or, or going through life, you know, that is always going to be jutting at you in some manner or fashion or way. And, and I think, and that- do you really want to wait till you're fucking on your deathbed to say, I wish I fucking, I wish this. I did that. I wish I tried that. No, I get it. Or we why need to make money. Why didn't I put aside like thir- uh, an hour or, or 30 minutes, whatever a day or, or twice a week to play the guitar or, or, or write a song or, or, or work on the business that I actually wanted to work on my, for myself instead of like doing it for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That, that's what I think that a quote attributes. You to. know what I think would be a good analogy for that is everybody says, think out of the box. Here's what you need to do. You need to think out of your fucking box. Yeah. <laughs> the box that you put yourself in and what society put you in. Because I, w- I was almost got to this. So everybody just knows I'm the car guy, right? Right. So if I say all of a sudden, and I think about this on the daily. Yeah. And you know this because I talk to you. Buckley and I, we we have good conversations, and I'm, and I'm glad that we can do that. But yeah. no, I'm serious. No, so. I'm serious too. But uh, because, I mean, we've become really close in the last few years, like for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I care about what you've got going on, and I care how you're doing, and I fucking can sense when you're not doing well and I'll reach out to you and, and shit like that. And you know what? I do everything I can to fucking help you because I care about you. Yeah. So, but you have to, you have to say to yourself, if I close that fucking door tomorrow down there, Mm. it's going to affect people that rely on me. I think about that. Right. Yeah. But I also think about, but if any one of those people came in here and they thought that I was screwing them over, which I do not do, and this is why I'm not a multimillionaire, because owning a garage is a fucking license to steal. Mm, yeah. I could steal from people every single fucking invoice I write out. <laughs> I don't do it. Yeah. But say you had a customer that said, Boy, he fucked me on that deal. I'm not going to go there anymore. So not only would they be wrong in their perception of what I ended up having to spend time on their fucking car, and the price of parts now is astronomical, and the price just to have my doors open, dude, it's a couple of grand minimum a week just to have the doors open. Yeah. Right? That is not chump change. So, but they would walk away and go to another shop to save 20 bucks. Mm. So when I look at it that way, I'm like, these people come here because I provide a service that they need. Mm. But there's plenty of other places that can provide that service. So maybe 
they will just go to that other place if I close the door. Right. And that initially it might be a surprise for a lot of people because they're like, oh, my God, these guys have been around for 100 fucking years. Now they're closing? Mm. Because what they don't understand is what I have gone through my whole life here, that maybe I'm just fucking all set. (laughs) And I want to pursue other things. But here's the problem. The other things that I want to pursue are not something that I can make enough money with in a month to pay my bills that month. Exactly. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So so it puts you in that box that I'm telling you to think outside of. But you have to be in the box, sort of. But you, But it doesn't stop you from taking the initiative to slowly... Open the top of that box and get the fuck out of it. Yeah, and try. At least you try. Know, and, one, and one thing that I am fortunate with is, and you know, and I feel bad sometimes, like, for my wife, too, in all seriousness, because she makes really, like, fucking really good money. But I also know she fucking hates her job. And that fucking bothers me. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah. Because it affects her happiness. Because I want nothing more than my wife or little G, who's fucking raging bitch now. (laughs) Well, she's 13 now. She's a teenager. Oh, God. So I get it. But, uh, you know, I would like my wife to be happy, like in what she's doing. And she's got side hustles that she does, and she does pretty good with them. But... It's like, it'll be nice to get to the point where we can both wake up and say, you know what? Let's do this today. Autonomy. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you don't got to log into your, and I won't say the company's name, which she logs in by seven o'clock every morning. And, and I can tell someday she's stressed out and she's very good at her job. And she's, but She's also a person that a lot of people, like fucking thousands of people rely on, right, for her to do her job. Well, it's the same thing here. I mean, I have, like, I don't even know what my customer count is because we're getting new customers every week. Mm. It's like, you know, if I just took the small steps and said, okay, well, this service and this service and this service that we've provided for years that used to be extremely profitable, now not so much because... The world is evolving. Yeah. The automotive industry is evolving. Technology in cars is evolving. So I'm going to look at the certain aspects of what we do and say, we are going to be phasing that out over the next year or six months or whatever. And then concentrate on the core business that you make the majority of your money on that gives you less stress. Because nothing will stress you out more than doing a particular thing to a vehicle that you know if this does not come out right or does not get done in X amount of time because time is money, then the profit that we're going to make on that is not going to be worth the work yeah, or the stress or the time because time is something that is not renewable and people need to understand that. And time is also money. Once that fucking time <laughs> is gone, that time is gone, you cannot get it back. And the same thing goes for your life. 
So, right. if I'm going to have a vehicle in my shop and it's going to tie up a bay all week to make a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars, then it's not worth it to me. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, now there's listeners that might say, "Oh my god, that would be a great week." Well, no, it's not. Not when you have to pay. Not when you got to you. To you got to pay everything out on that, right? So. It's just like the people that became millionaires by selling a million things for a dollar or half a million things for $2. You can take one part of your business that you don't charge a lot for initially and just fucking do that. I've already done the math. it's It's like, why aren't I doing this? Why have I not already done that? Because then... I don't got to be stressed out. I don't got to have huge material bills. Dude, I paid $240 for a fucking half a pint of paint the other day. A half a pint, eight ounces. How much? 200 and change. Jesus. Granted, it was a funky color, but I'm like, okay, this is fucking ridiculous. Mustard green. This is fucking ridiculous, you know? Buy a box of sandpaper or abrasives or cutoff wheels or fucking whatever, the staples. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this is not even fucking worth it anymore. Yeah, you know I just, what I mean? So so what I'm saying is once you decide that you're going to stop doing X, Y, Z, well, that might free up a little time for you to do the things that you really want to do. Right. And that's important. And, like, I think we we get put we get put in boxes in our life and then – for whatever reason we stay there not all the time like obviously people change well do you think they do it because it's just mentally easier it was sometimes it's mentally easier sometimes you don't like in that lots of times i like like, to be challenged myself like lots of times that could be financially but also lots of times it just could be like relationship wise whoever whatever relationships you have currently in your life with whomever like you know they see you as a certain way and um and so you say that way, right? And then, you know, also people people will say, you know, sir, like enough things about you, enough, uh, a number of times, and then eventually you be, you'll begin to believe it possibly, mm-hmm. right? Because they keep saying it over and over. And then if, if someone's close to you, then that becomes your reality and maybe that becomes your truth about yourself. And maybe if you have a strong enough mind, right, and you... No, at your heart of heart, that's not who you're attributed attributed as being, and that's not really you. Then you can kind of pull out of that, although it is difficult. But also, like those things that you're like the quiet desperation parts of your life, those things that you want to go for or you want to do that you, um you know, feel like you can't do for whatever reason or haven't worked on for whatever reason. It's like, and then if you are doing them, right, you are pursuing them. It's being seen as selfish. Oh, right. Like, well, why are you doing that? You should be doing this, this, and this, those things aren't important because, you know, maybe they're a pipe dream. Maybe they're not realistic to certain people, maybe not to you, but certain people, um, you know, maybe they're pipe dream, maybe they're unrealistic. Um, Maybe you're being selfish because you're working on things for yourself, right? Yeah, okay, maybe that's selfish. But maybe also, too, it's like... Do you think it's okay to be selfish once in a while? 
I, because I, I do. I, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. But also it's like working on things for yourself that like feed your soul. I don't necessarily see as selfish because it's like if you're not working on them and it's making you like extremely unhappy, right? And it's kind of causing a, a kink or a damper on your life. And you need to work on those things to feed your soul and to make you happy and to make you a good version of yourself. Like then that's, I feel like that's okay. Like if you're unhappy, uh, cause you're not, you know, working on or achieving goals that feed your entire existence or your energy or your soul, like how can you be good for anybody else? Do you know what I mean? If you can't even do the things that you need to do to be happy and be a good version of yourself, then like you're not going to be a good version of yourself for anybody else, right? So people may call you selfish or whatever for working on on the things or may think you're you're squandering away or unrealistic goals or whatever it is on the things you know that you need to do that are considered selfish, but in reality it's like if you're going to be depressed and unhappy and live some meaningless life because you're not working on those things, then you're never going to be the person that you could be potentially positively for yourself or anybody else. Right. So, yeah, maybe it is selfish, but like also, yeah, maybe that's the stuff you need to do if you're going to actually have like. That's why I say it's it's OK to be selfish once right. in a while. Like. Yep if you're going to have positive or good relationships or meaningful relationships with other people in your life, I guess. Does that make sense? That makes sense. No, it makes a hundred percent sense because uh, it's just like what my father always used to say. Uh, well, he used to say one of his things was there's only three things you care about riding your fucking motorcycle, chasing pussy and drinking <laughs> tequila. Yeah. And I remember I looked at him one day and I said, and what the fuck is wrong with that? Ooh, and you lit up your cigarette. Oh, I didn't smoke in front of my dad. Started up your motorcycle and rode off into the sunset. No. No. <laughs> he, and you know what I think it was? And he told me this soon before he passed away. Yeah. He said, I think one of my biggest problems, he says, is I was always jealous of you. Really? Yep. That's what he really said that he to you? Absolutely 100% said that to me. Damn. He said, because you know what? He said, you're so smart. I've never seen you set out to do something that you couldn't do. He said, and you knew how to have fun. Mm. And I said, yeah, I did that. And you know what? And I said, in my whole life being around you, and I was fucking around that man every fucking day. I said, you did nothing but try to keep me from doing that damn and that's when he said well i think my biggest problem was is i was always jealous of you damn and that fucking hit me pretty hard you're like oh shit because he probably weren't because he he died he died like a week and a half later yeah but that was probably not ever in your mind no like you never think of a parent yeah like a being jealous of their child yeah ever like why would they be yeah well, you know, I mean, not 
Not why would they? I think one of the things he was jealous with is because he knew from me that he saw how I did things. Like some of the funny stories we talked about, like the wheelchair deal and the (laughs) oil favorites and the oil skimming deal. And he said, I knew that you figured out that you could do things a certain way to make money without working too hard. Mm. He said, and I'll say one thing for him. He was good at really good at fucking making money Mm. without working too hard because he always had me to do the hard work. (laughs) But, but he said, but that's when I knew that I'd never have to fucking worry about you. He said, because you're a survivor. I've seen all the shit you've gone through. Like when I got arrested by the FBI and all that bullshit I was going through. You know, he was upset about that. My mom told me. Like he said, when you were off in jail, he did not know what to do with himself. He fucking literally did not know what to do with himself because you weren't here every day to take care of business for him. Damn. And, you know, so that made me think better because, you know, he was a prick to me, like, fucking forever. Yeah. And I've said that a million times. I mean, he just was a bastard sometimes, you know. It was he all just, jealousy. Well, and Not I, all of it, but. Well, whatever. Yeah. Oh, he had a hard time. Like, like I'm not going to lie. I went through a lot of women in the day, in my day. And <laughs> he fucking hated it when I would sneak women home. He's like, why can I get Fucking hated that. And I think it all came down to the jealousy part of it. I really do. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, he'd say, well, you know, if you could bring, you know, maybe the same woman more than twice in a row, whatever, fucking, I'm like, dude, that's not my fucking, that's not how I do things. Not a row, bitch. (laughs) But, But anyways, when he ever said that, though, that just made me, but again, here I am gonna be 60 in december and i'm still doing the same fucking thing no you're podcasting bitch you know you're playing the guitar again you know what though buckley listen and wait so we're gonna work on a screenplay so i will say those are things that i feel like you wanted to do all day today i was not into doing this show tonight i know what was the first thing i fucking said to you and i was like i'm gonna get you into it bitch but no and you said that and and the thing is, is because I've just, I'm fucking just worn out. I'm just tired. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and nah, there's I so much it. bullshit going on in the world. Yeah. And there's a lot of things we could have talked about tonight, but you don't need, just fucking go on Twitter, X, whatever, go on Instagram. You'll see what's going there's on. There's not bullshit in the personal life. There's too. so much shit going on. I'm kind of yeah. glad that the conversation went philosophical because <laughs> I like philosophical conversations. And I think now it's time for us to start concentrating on more of what we want to do. Now, listen, don't get me wrong. I enjoy doing a podcast. Oh, yeah. But like, it's like you can't, like, every Like, the week, whole podcasting thing. It's fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy going on other shows. I've got some interesting people coming on this show. <laughs> I've got some appearances I'm going to be making on other shows, and I'm looking forward to it. It's fun, but it's also a grind, dude. And, every, and, and doing it every week, especially, like... Like, if you have any personal shit going on or whatever, it's not always easy. You know what I mean? And sometimes you just don't want to fucking do it. Okay, so that's what I'm like, I'm saying. Like, I, I like understand. everybody thinks. I understand, Ron. Everybody thinks it's fucking easy. Right, yeah. Well, but I can tell you if you're a listener and you don't have a podcast, 
Like, we might make it look easy, but some weeks, if <laughs> if my mind is not in it or, say, somebody has gotten on my fucking nerves, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. and the older I get, the easier that is. Yeah, hopefully to happen is to get on is to get on my fucking nerves is it's like sometimes you just really not into it like i was sitting down in my other office waiting for buckley to get here and i'm like you know what i'm gonna cancel i might just text him and say i'm all set tonight but i'm glad i'm glad we did it but but uh and and i mean i i'm not getting bored with doing the show i'm definitely not doing that but i'm getting bored with things that are happening in the world that's nothing is fucking happening it's going to be a total clusterfuck. It's repetitive. And, and it's just, it's fucking beyond old. Right. It's like, and this is why, like, I'm saying this, I've said it before. This fucking system needs to burn to the fucking ground and let the chips fall where they may. Mm. The survivors will fucking survive. Yeah. And that's what this fucking country needs. And I'm telling you right now, that's what needs to fucking happen. And I don't even give a shit if we don't have a 2010, 2024 election. I really don't. Burn it to the ground, bitch. Because you know what? If Trump, now listen, I like Trump, but if he gets reelected, and I don't see anybody that can beat him without cheating, uh, it's just going to be more of the fucking same. More it, of the it really same. is. It's all the same. We're all going to yeah, die so, anyway, so, I'm like, so why does it matter? And, and, and in some days, I, I like tell myself, you know what? I'm just going to concentrate on not fucking getting into the shit that's going on because it's very easy for me to get sucked into that shit mm. because I have my opinions and I have pretty strong opinions. And I'm just going to concentrate on doing the things that I need to do to get through the fucking day and concentrate on the things that I need to do to maybe find a little time to do some of the things that I want to do. Right. Let me tell you a thought I had today. I have a thought, too. Today's weather was absolutely fucking beautiful here. Yes, I was outside all day. It was like <clears throat> low 70s, sunny, slight breeze. The leaves are starting to turn, so it's real pretty. And I said to myself, you know what? I think I'll text my wife and see what she's doing. See if she can knock off of work. And we'll take a ride and maybe knock, knock this afternoon. Off, and baby. Woo! Maybe take a ride, just go do something. Maybe go get, uh, you know, a, a late lunch or something. Just hang Pack out. Because it's like, you know, I kind of miss, I miss, I miss like hanging out with my wife, to be perfectly honest. Because I'm so busy. She's so busy. We got little G now going on three plus years. And then there's that keeps like- us busy. It just would be nice to say, you know what? Fuck this garage. You sign off your computer, tell them you got a doctor's appointment. Let's get in the fucking car and let's go for a drive. Let's go get a drink. Let's go get something. It's just, just fucking hang and out. Like, oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. We got to get this done. We got to get that. Oh, yeah. Let's just go have some fucking fun. She texted me my weekend list already. Oh my God. It's a Wednesday, Ron. <laughs> it's fucking Wednesday. Ron, I have a question for you. Actually, I have a Well, hold on. Hold on. So I have two questions. I do have some things I want to get done that I want to ask you. I have to shut the pool down this weekend. Easy. And I, it's not bad. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, well, I've already did that because it got windy and I don't want it to fill up with leaves because I'm very psycho about my pool being crystal clear. And I'm like, you know what? And I think this is part of the reason why I've been, I won't say depressed because I don't really think I've ever been depressed. I'm just down. Because it's like we had a shitty summer. We only had like three or four parties at the house, and we usually have like 10. I was in the pool maybe 10 or 15 times, and it usually would be every day. 
it's fucking upsetting to think now after all the work I've done building, you know, with my buddy, Eric helping, I had my buddy, Eric come and build my patios doing, you know, and my wife was so pissed off the other day. She kind of had a little rant of her own. I'm fucking tired of this. Every spring, we got to bring all this shit out. Every fall, we got to take it down. Now I got to dump all my flowers out. Now I got no pretty flowers. Now I got to fucking buy those again in the spring. I want to fucking Jeez. live somewhere where so I could do this year round. She was upset. Did she fucking break anything? She was fucking pissed. But pissed no, through she, the wall. Well, she was doing some things very aggressively. Let's just say that. Oh, geez. And I'm like, and I'm like okay, I'm not going to disagree with you. I get it. Right? Right. But, and, and I think that that's part of the problem why I've been down because I am not ready for summer to end. But it never happened. But technically, right? But technically, like a week ago, fucking summer did end. Yeah. So we're officially in fall now, which means we're going to blink our eyes and officially be in fucking winter again. I love fall, dude. I love fall too, but yeah, I like I'm, fucking I'm summer like, more. I'm basically like a, uh, when it comes to fall, I'm basically like one of those fucking basic bitches, white girls, like whatever. Dude, the pumpkin shit, I, I eat that up all day long. Whatever it is, whether it's pumpkin coffee, pumpkin muffins, pumpkin bread, pumpkin well, ice cream, pumpkin pie, fucking... I, I love s- it. I love pumpkin, dude. I will say. I love fucking pumpkin shit. Sam Adams jack-o'-lanterns are out now. Well, dude, it's that's the other thing. Like, the leaves changing. Well, I mean, in my opinion, they started changing August 2nd. They changed. They started but, early this year. Yeah. But, you know, if you're not privy to that kind of shit, you want to notice it. But, like, pumpkins are fucking cool. The, the fall weather, the look is all really fucking cool. Uh, Halloween is awesome. Um, so yeah, I'm a basic, big, big holiday for this family. I'm a basic bitch yeah. when it comes to, to October, but we're all going to die, Ron. Every single person on this fucking planet earth is going to die. I like to think it's one of very few things or a handful or two of things that we actually all have in fucking common. We're all going to die, no matter what. You're going to die. I'm going to die. Every everyone you talk to, I would to, have to say, barring fucking die, barring vampires, <laughs> fuck we're, vampires. We're all going to die, <laughs> right? So yeah. it, they're in turn. Let's make the best of it while we're here. I don't know if this is nihilistic, whether it's a, uh, become being like an atheist. It's not nihilistic. It's realistic, or yeah, or maybe it's realistic. But then, like, what? What the fuck does? shit really matter it don't do you know what i mean it don't it really don't like we're every single person that you have a problem with every single thing that you do whatever every every person that sees you knows you you fucked you fought with you've had whatever x y and z with is going to die just like you so does anything actually really fucking matter? I guess you got to look at it and say to yourself, <laughs> you know, I had, so another conversation I had with my dad before he passed away was, I said, you spent your whole life chasing fucking dollar bill. Right. Or, or in his case, hundred dollar bills. And you fucked a lot of people over. You told me once that money was your God over your family, and that just 
I, I have fucking disdain for money. I've told you that money before. Money over family. Yeah. No, no. It, so, no. so I asked him. So I asked no. him. I says, all of that, you spent your whole life doing that, obsessed about it, to the point where you made a lot of fucking enemies for yourself out of people that were very close to you, including a lot of family members. Was it all fucking worth it? He didn't have an answer. Probably, he I, couldn't answer it because he didn't want to answer it because he knew the fucking truth. Oh, yeah. If yeah. you spend yeah. your life chasing money, it's like, it, like, what is that? You're, what, there's, so, there's so much that can go behind that. But that's, a, that's hey. the thing. Why I brought up this question in the first place is because, like, like it, the things that we do daily, like, do they even matter really? Like, the argument you have with this person, the the whatever it is with that person, does that actually fucking matter? I mean, what do we actually have present, future, past? I think literally, 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 all we actually really have is like the moment that we're in, which is a constant state. Like, so I don't know. It's just, an, I don't really know where I was trying to go with this besides the fact that like, it, no do, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let me give you an example. It's just like no matter who you are. Let me give you an you're, example. You're going to fucking die. Then we're going to get out of here. Everybody you know, going to fucking die. I was known for taking people's cars that were really rough and making them really nice, right? And, one, and I would obsess over dust in a paint job. I'd wet sand it, buff it out. I'd block it out, buff it. I mean, it's fucking cars look like glass, right? And then one day I came to the realization, here I am obsessing over a couple of minute pieces of dust in a paint job that ultimately probably nobody's going to fucking see, number one. And I said, and in 10 or 15 years or maybe 20, that fucking thing's going to be out back in this junkyard. Dude, yeah. So that's when it hit me, the whole thing. Like, none of this fucking matters. I would fucking, I would paint a car and it would get, like, it was weird. Sometimes I could paint 10 cars and they would come out like right. glass. Maybe a few specks of dust. You could just kind of denib it, buff it, and you'd be good. And then sometimes you would paint a car, whatever was happening. You'd paint one car and it'd be shit. It would be fucking covered in dust. And now you know you got 10 hours of fucking wet sanding at least. And I would go home at night and I would be in such a fucking bad mood because I knew what I had to do to make that look right because I was always a perfectionist. And then after doing that so many times, I was like, oh my God, none of this fucking matters. I'm going to be crushing this motherfucker in 10 years. Well, dude, this is the same thing with like landscaping. It's the same thing with life. Well, dude, landscaping is like cutting shit, cutting, like doing lawns, cutting trees, cutting fucking overgrowth. It's like, it's all going to come back. Okay, look I'll at, cut. I'll cut a lawn every week, and I'm just like, it's this every week. It's there. Yeah, it's the same thing. Why does this even matter? Does it? Does it? Damn, what I doing matter? What were you gonna say? Well, I don't think ultimately anything that we do matters. It, it's just, it's just like man, in the long run. No, that's what I'm saying. In the big picture, of course, it matters. It matters in the. I mean, it matters to me. It matters to me that if right? we paint something, then it looks needs to look perfect because that's what we're known for. Right. Like people will say, you know, other garages send us a lot of work, right? They'll be like, well, 
if you wanted to just get it done and be okay, take it here, the cheap. If you want it done right and you want it to look really good, take it to Ron. Take it up there because it's going to be perfect, but you're going to pay for it. Mm. So, so that's fine. So, so, but I'm like, but ultimately, I don't fucking care. Right. And, that, and that's where I am in this whole fucking game of life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know, I have developed the skills to say, I just don't fucking care anymore. And when you get to that point in life, you need to make some changes. Right. So with that. I concur. With that. Everybody out there listening. Well, I have a couple of closing words. Well, hold on. I'm not done. Oh. Anybody out there listening? If you're going through a similar situation, don't despair. Start taking the baby steps to get to where you want to be. Yes. I guess I'll do my closing words, and one of them is a question for you. Okay. Chaos or boredom? Which one's worse? Oh, my God. Sometimes I prefer fucking chaos. (laughs) I really do. Because I've had so little time to be fucking bored that when I am bored, I don't know I'm bored because I'm enjoying it. Right. But it's almost like I have a hard time sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> Does that make any sense? I understand completely. I've gone back and forth where it's like chaos is pretty fucking bad and like when shit's hitting the fan. Well, I guess it's a different if it's good chaos, I guess. Uh may, yeah, maybe, but like for me it's like when shit's going pretty bad or hitting the fan. Uh I don't like it obviously, but also too there's usually a lot going on and you're like engaged and involved in something or whatever. <laughs> but boredom is nice because there's not go- nothing going on and you're kind of like, okay, I can kind of like relax and do whatever. But then also boredom with boredom, it's just like, Jesus Christ. If that, if day after day, if you've had a stretch where you're just completely fucking bored, Oh my god, that's wor- that's fucking terrible too. Okay, well here's what's fucked up about that. So I don't know. My life is pretty chaotic on a daily basis. Yeah, I usually have like one day a week where hopefully little G's doing her thing. You know, she doesn't create any chaos for me anyway, so I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. She's she's a lot like me <laughs> actually. She just fucking wants to be alone sometimes. So. I enjoy alone time. I can be, I have no problem with solitude, like whatsoever. But a friend of mine who owned a campground way up north went to, was there all during the week and on the weekend during, you know, in season to take care of his camper's needs. Well, it was getting close to the end of the season and it was only two people, two campers there. And I mean, he's got like, you know, 75 lots there. And he's like, oh, my wife and I want to go. And he bought himself a camper. My wife and I want to go on a road trip. We're going to be gone for like four days, but I can't leave the campground. He said, how do you feel about going up and just keeping an eye on things for me? Mm. I said, oh, my God, I would definitely. Well, I would do anything for this guy anyways. Hell fucking yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll load my car up and I'll go up there and I'll hang out for four days. I'll tell you what. The people that were camping, the two campers that were there, they took off. They weren't even around. 
Nice. I was the only person there for four days, and I was so fucking bored out of my skull. Did you like it? No. (laughs) That's my point. I'm like, you know what? The next town was probably 15 miles away. I'm like, one night, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I said, I'm going to town. (laughs) I fucking drove to that town, went to a pizza joint, ordered myself some food, had a couple of beers. I said, okay, now go back. I was bored out of my tree. Like, big time. Because I am used to fucking chaos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I guess it's different. It's like, what kind of chaos is good? What kind of chaos is bad? What kind of boredom is good? What kind of boredom yeah, is good? Yeah, exactly. So, because up there, there was no television, and there was no internet. So, it was, you know, like, you see the things, oh, if you could have this cabin without internet and da-da-da for a million dollars, could you do it? Fucking think long and hard about that. Yeah. Because you might be able to do it for a month, but you will go batshit crazy. And you will fucking turn into Jack Torrance. <laughs> and when you fucking turn into Jack Torrance, well, that's a, pipe bombs that's a fucking different animal. And shit out to politicians. Yeah, there you go. No, I do think, look, I do think in chaos, um, there comes a big opportunity or a place for learning. When things are chaotic, whether that's about people, yourself, or situations, you know, that depends on what the chaos is for you. I think out of boredom um, can come a realization of the people and things that are important to you that you need or want in your life, but also creativity. Um, Because out of boredom, if you're really bored, you know, there's nothing better to do than fucking start something, a project or whatever it is. So that's what I have to say about that. Um, Ron, anything? Well, we all talk about how chaotic our lives are now. We know that the country is going through chaos. The chaos has only begun. So if you're into chaos, fucking be prepared, people. Mm. In the meantime, you can come and find me on Instagram at Ron from New England. Wait, wait, wait. What? Wait. Wait. Dude, we're fucking 16 minutes over already. Do you got to go? Yeah, I'm fucking starving. All right, last thing here. I swear to God, I'll shut up after this. You know the musician Zach Bryan? Heard of him. He's a cunt. He, I don't know. I did. I just started listening to him. I knew about him. Um, I didn't listen to him because I thought he was just one of those country guys that was like one of those pop country dudes where it's like oh my show of a truck blah 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 but like so i didn't actually listen to him but a guy at work like was really into him and like always would talk about him and then so eventually in the last week i fucking threw him on on spotify and you know i don't know if this is a quote from him that is of a song that he wrote or if a co- it's a cover of a song that he wrote but my final last thing is quote from his song that i heard and i was like huh that really resonated with me or for some reason it really just made me stop and like for a second and think which is important but it was find people that plant flowers in the darkest corners of your soul or yourself something like that so just think about that and ponder it Well, as long as it ain't poison ivy, I'm good with that.
All right, everybody, we're really going to get out of here. I hope you like the philosophical edition of Wicked Planet. Uh, okay, you know where to find me. Instagram, Ron from New England, and the Wicked Planet podcast. Find me on X, which the URL is still twitter.com, at Ron from NE. Join the Telegram chat. You know all this stuff. If you got anything, send us some stuff on Gmail, the Wicked Planet podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to be doing some reading of some emails, and we have a few shout-outs we're going to do. So if you're waiting for one, we're sorry you didn't get it tonight. You're going to get it next week. Maybe next week we might have a little bit funner episode. You can find Mr. Buckley this at... episode was fun. I know. You can find Buckley at Tristan.a.buckley on Instagram. And what's your handle on Twitter this week? Uh, the Cop Goblin 69 X. Cock goblin? What? People might well, is that what you go by on your grinder account? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so anyways, if you follow uh Buckley on Grinder, uh you probably already know what he's talking about. All right, folks, we're gonna get out of here. Hope you enjoyed the show. Until next time. Ron from New England signing off. Buckley. Out. <laughs>